and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. The Warriors, like, they're kind of in the same position that the Blazers are in right now where they're... Where they're mid? Yes, that's that's kind of the word That's kind of the word to, to use for it. And the Blazers just had a little bit of a set. You know, last night, Anthony Simons has an ankle injury. We're still waiting on the MRI results, I think, for that. So uh, I, we'll find out more about that. But just based on how the injury looked in real time, I think he's probably going to be out for a while. So I don't know what that's going to do to their chances how long is Steph supposed to actually be out do you know uh he's gonna be reevaluated after the all-star break he already said he's not gonna be good to go for the first game out of the break which is Mm -hmm. February 23rd um he has not he's not on the court right now doing anything he's still rehabbing so I mean with ligament injuries it can just be tricky tricky because Uh um they all heal differently and obviously you don't want to have to like re-aggravate it at some point um because that could potentially down the line lead to a more serious recovery plan like maybe even involving surgery not sent nobody has talked about surgery when it comes to Steph Curry but um, if he comes back early and then he re-aggravates it then then that might be on the table so they just want to avoid that yeah yeah you just want to with knees you want to be so careful about um and so he's he, he's kind of out of the picture for the foreseeable pic- future right now Andre Guadala no update on him. Um, he's only played three games this season, but when he when he can play, he can make an impact, right? Uh-huh. Like he's still a really high caliber player. It's just he can only do it in short spurts. And I I think the goal was to have him play more than three games at this point in the season. Um, so that's kind of been a letdown. And Gary Payton the second obviously being out doesn't help. So the the margin of error is really slim for the Warriors this break. They really needed this break at this point, you know. Jamichael Green's been dealing with a wrist injury. Uh, Draymond Green's been playing through some soreness. I think Kevon Looney, you know, he's played in every single game this season. He's played in every single game last season, too. You know, he's, I think he has the third, second longest active uh, consecutive games played streak in the NBA right now. Um, so I think uh, the hope is that they'll come back from this break a little bit healthier to get that get up to that clean bill of health even closer to the playoffs and just kind of push it and figure it out from here but Draymond Green yesterday kind of went off and basically said the problem with the Warriors right now is that they have no will to want to defend and he can't make people want to defend that's something that somebody has to like want to do on their own accord and put in that extra effort and you know he said defense is 90% effort and I think uh that kind of was an a wake up call for some players as they're heading off to this break to maybe think about um, over the next eight days. And I think their defense, if they, if they want to actually contend for a title, it, it hinges on their defense being way better than it was, you know, through the first 58 games. Where are things at with Draymond right now? Cause the last time you and I did this was during the preseason, which was right after the punch happened with mm-hmm. him and Jordan Poole And, 
you were kind of saying then that you thought all signs sort of pointed to this being Draymond's last season with the Warriors. He's about to be a free agent uh, this summer. Jordan Poole just got paid uh, before the season started. Like, they're, they've paid basically everybody else. Do you... Where do you kind of think that's at right now? Do you think Draymond is going to be back with the Warriors next year? Like, where's where's all that relationship at right now, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he has a player option that he can take this offseason if he wants. Um, but I, it's hard to say right now. I will, I will say, going back to the defense thing, I think part of the problem this season, and even Draymond has acknowledged it, right, is that he's kind of walking on eggshells. They need him to be – they need him to walk on the line – and be, you know, vocal and push his teammates and hold them accountable and all this stuff and be loud. But because of that, he's kind of been hampered by that preseason punch, right? And so it's uh-huh. it's inhibited his way to be a leader. Um, and he said he feels like he's turned a corner with that and he can kind of be more the Draymond the team needs him to be. But, you know, I wonder with him calling out the the lack of, you know, effort on defense last night, if that's kind of him now feeling more comfortable, like, okay, it, it's time for me to be Draymond and to to be the loud leader, the passionate guy they need me to be. Because um, I, I do think that that preseason incident with Jordan Poole had lingered over the team for, you know, a good portion of the season so far, whether people want to admit it or not. Do you think any of that's still there? Or have they pretty much all gotten over it at this point? Um, I think, I think that they, like I've said, I think they've, they've, the two of them have gone over it. I mean, they're not, I'm not going to say that they're going to be like best friends right? going out to lunch every day kind of thing. Um, I'm sure their personal relationship might've taken a hit after it. No pun intended. Now that I say that, <laughs> um, <laughs> oops. Uh, but I, you know, professionally they've, they've played really well together on the court. Um, so I think, I think they've been able to move past it, but like I said, I think it's just kind of made it, it's made Draymond more aware of the way that he is as a leader. I think. How, how burned out are you on covering this kind of, cause like you, cause like we were talking in the preseason and this is your, you, you came mm-hmm. out of the Warriors beat middle of last season. Yeah. This was your first training camp and your first full season on the beat. And I was kind of telling you like, Hey, welcome to the NBA. There's always something. And like, from my end, I thought that after all of the stuff that happened in Portland last December with the front office changes and investigation and all that kind of stuff with the previous general manager, I thought I was kind of clear for a while. I thought I was not going to have to deal with any of this, of this Mm -hmm. sort of, controversy and then you know they had kind of a quiet trade deadline a lot of people were a little bit disappointed that they didn't make any huge upgrades but you kind of understood what they were trying to do and then this just kind of hits out of nowhere right before joe cronin's press conference and now suddenly that blows up your whole like i had to to let you people behind the curtain a little bit i had to be the guy that brought my laptop to the super bowl party because I did too <laughs> because like we had to just like because you know that was like the during the game was like the deadline for mm-hmm when the Warriors had to decide on the trade or not. So I had to, like, I was over at a buddy's house watching the game and had to be on my phone texting the whole time, which I I don't like doing that. I like, if I'm at a social gathering like that, I mean, I know there are people who, like, you've, you remember, like, you read that, you read that story uh, probably, like, a year ago about 
there was like a profile i forget who wrote it but it was a profile of shams where it was talking about how he gets 18 hours of screen time a day and is just like never not on his phone or like there's this there's this there was this profile actually of sport in sports illustrated probably like four or five years ago where a reporter got to shadow adam schefter for the first 24 hours of nfl free agency and espn literally has an employee on the payroll whose entire job is to be Adam Schefter's driver so that he has to never not be on his phone. And I'm not wired that way at all. I don't want... That's why I've never really tried to be like a newsbreaker, scoop, you know, sources guy. Because I just... I that, li- that life where you just can never not be on your phone and you can never not be plugged in. If I'm going to a Super Bowl party on Sunday, I want to be there. I, 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 was, I was seeing some friends that I hadn't seen in a while at that party. I was I wanted to just kind of be you know present in the moment and not on my phone the whole time but i had to be and i realized this is the job that we chose and this is you know part of what comes with it but and i it was also just like annoying because like we knew the trade was going to go through like there was never a chance it wasn't going to go through but i couldn't do anything or write anything until it was officially gone through and then i could get it confirmed and then i could report what i reported and write what i wrote yeah. But you still have to just kind of be on alert and be on edge. But then even and then even once the trade goes through and you report what you report, you can't really just kick your feet back and say, Okay, I did it. Now it's now it's like you still have to like wait for follow ups and I, well, and I, I think I, that's that's kind of like as as much as I like enjoy the job, it's a very yeah. fun job. We're both we're both privileged to be able to cover sports for a living and talk about sports for a living and write about them. Uh-huh. Um it's kind of those behind the scenes grinds that people don't understand. Cause, and even sometimes now when I put my phone down, like I have like separation anxiety almost where I'm like, Oh, what if somebody texts me or what if something happens? And I think that was worse earlier in my career where I constantly felt like I had to be like on my phone and like in the know of what was the latest, what was happening and reading everything and all that. And while I still think it's important to read everything or as much as everything that you can, uh, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better about not being on my phone as much, but then there is like some guilt, right? That you're, maybe I'm not, you know, texting enough or maybe I'm not talking to people enough or, you know, should I be doing more? Um, but it's also like, you're trying to balance your own personal life with the job and there's not really a good, uh, job work life balance in this field. Um, and so when you're trying to like figure out that balance, it can be really, it can be really challenging. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're doing, you're not going to all-star, are you? I'm not, but, um, you got some news that just broke. Did you see that? No. What? MRI came in. Sources suffered a sprit. Oh, oh, this is just, oh, okay. So this is Woj. Blazers guard Anthony Simons will have his MR. Oh, this is, this isn't MRI results. This is just. This I is just because MRI results. My bad. No, 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 I saw no. MRI no. and his name in Portland Trail Blazers. And just well, assumed. right. No, no, no. Because okay, so that that actually the fact that he's having the MRI tomorrow, not today. Because Chauncey said after the game that he was going to have the MRI today, so I just like assumed it was going to be today. But mm-hmm. yeah, they had the X-rays were negative. We knew that last night. Yeah, this is this is just when he's going to have the MRI. This isn't actually the results of the mri so i guess okay good uh, to know false alarm false my bad no 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 that's good that's good that's good to know i can go about my day today and not have to worry about like waiting for mr although you know what though uh i hope they do it in the morning because mm-hmm. i'm flying to salt lake city tomorrow afternoon 
And oh, you know it's gonna come out when you're on that flight. You want to talk about you? You, you want to talk about work-life balance? I realize this is something some people like have to do, but I always really enjoy, unless it's like some breaking news that I'm waiting on or something I have to do. Mm-hmm. I never buy the Wi-Fi on airplanes. I always like to just disconnect from the world for two hours or however long it is. So I. I might have to buy the Wi-Fi on the plane just to wait for Anthony Simons' results. I really don't want to do that. So I would I would love it if they have the MRI in the morning. Yeah, I I try not to buy the Wi-Fi, but there are days when I have to write or do something. Sure, it's yeah. Like, this is the only time that I have time to write, so. Yeah. Do you have anything coming out on the at the Mercury News besides, obviously, all the reporting on the GP2 stuff? Is there anything that you want people to look out for any like stories you're working on that you're like especially you know excited about or anything you want people to keep an eye out for yeah so i have this feature that i've been (laughs) trying to write now for uh quite a while i already did all the interviews and everything but just haven't had the opportunity to sit down and write it just because of the way the season goes uh so underwater with all that yeah even before that just you know with the day-to-day grind of this beat and stuff um, but I'll have something about Andre Iguodala and his relationship with Jonathan Kaminga coming out over the All-Star break. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a few guys talking about what it's like to play with Steph Curry. Um, you know, guys that this is their first season playing alongside him um, and that adjustment that it might have taken them, um, especially for like a guy like Dante DiVincenzo who had played against him before uh, and how maybe that's changed his perspective on Steph a little bit. And that's those are like the two two main ones that i'm working on so cool so maybe the next time we do this the blazers and the warriors will be playing each other in the play-in game because that's about all i think either (laughs) of these teams are going to be doing at this point at this point yeah they the warriors have been talking about figuring it out for months now well i'm sure they feel like you know they just they just get into the playoffs they don't really care what seed they are because if they have those if they have if 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 their main three guys are healthy they still feel like they can beat anybody in a series 100 i think that's kind of the the mindset with this team right now is they're like let's just get to the playoffs healthy um but they gotta win some games and they want they have to avoid the play-in tournament because the play-in tournament is so wonky you Mm -hmm. just never know right yeah so We'll see how it all goes well, together. I think I'll think they'll be able to string together enough wins to at least make the playoffs outright. Well, the Blazers are kind of in the same boat because, like, obviously the Simon's injury, if he's out for a while, that might change some things. But, mm-hmm. like, Nurkic, I think, is supposed to be back shortly before the – or shortly after the All-Star break. He's been dealing with a calf thing for the last week or two. Uh, Justice Winslow, I think, is supposed to be back sometime after the All-Star break. He's had an ankle injury for a while. But, and you know, now they're working in a couple of new guys, Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibel, both of whom have started both of the games they played in since the trade. So there's a lot of just moving parts, and the Blazers are kind of also in that mix where, like, they're only a game out of the play-in right now, and they're mm-hmm. still right in the mix. And they're trying to string wins together, and Dame obviously is in the middle of maybe the best season he's ever had in his career, but they just can't get over the... You know, they, they, they win a couple games and things look like they're headed in the right direction. And then they lose a couple and they're right back to either in 10th or like right out of the play-in. So I think it's going to, within the first couple of weeks after the break, it's going to go one way or the other. They're either going to string some wins together and say, okay, maybe we can stay in the mix. Or else they're going to, you know, keep, you know, guys are going to stay hurt and they're going to keep losing games. And then they might... 
at some point, you know, go the other way. And maybe I'm not talking about playoff matchups or play-in matchups, and I'm thinking about booking a flight back to Chicago for the Combine in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in May. Well, and I, I think that's kind of the same thing with the Warriors is that they're just... Uh... Do, the, do the Warriors have all their picks and stuff? Do they have their pick this year? I think they have a second rounder this year. They don't have their first rounder. I don't believe, I think that belongs to uh, Memphis if I'm correct. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's even more why they're in this win now mode is they don't have any assets until like 2026. (laughs) So, right. Yeah. So that's what happens when you have a top heavy roster. Yeah. I mean, then Portland is also in kind of a weird spot now where like, I think it makes it a little bit easier because they got, that first round pick from the Knicks with the Josh Hart trade, but they owe their first to the bulls lottery protected through 2028. (laughs) So I think this is, uh, I think they're still kind of motivated to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. just to get off of that because that opens up the ability to trade future picks because I think, and I, you know, they've been pretty open about this. Joe Cronin has, and other people have, their plan this offseason, since they didn't do anything big at the deadline, their plan is this summer to have all their picks and have some assets and they have all this stuff. And whoever the next star is that comes available or wants to be traded from their current team or whatever the case may be. And like, there are some names out there that are floating around as rumors that might be in play, but they have real stuff to offer for whoever one of those guys is. And their plan, I think this summer is to like the rest of the season is going to go. However, the rest of the season goes, either they sneak into the play in and make the playoffs or they don't. I don't think they're really losing sleep about it one way or the other, but they're trying to whatever the big move is like, you know, whatever, like the big acquisition. Cause like, I think the way they have it, like the way it's set up right now, like Dame is obviously still Dame and he's still at the level that he's at. Jeremy Grant is a great number three guy mm-hmm. on, a, on a good team. They don't really have a real number two. And I don't think Simons, and obviously this injury kind of complicates that even further, but I don't think Simons is quite at that level. And I think they think Shaden Sharp is going to be at that level one day, but it might take him two or three years and it might not have two or three years if their whole point is to maximize what they have with Dame right now. So whether it's, I don't know, Pascal Siakam or Carl Anthony Towns or whoever, whoever it is, like whoever the next like big name guy that is available for trade that is like a real, you know, difference maker like that, they're going to be in the mix trying to make an offer to, you know, get a real like second actual star to put with Dame. Like that's the plan for the summer. But for right now, they're just kind of treading water. I don't think they're going to actually, like unless more guys get hurt. I don't think they're going to shut it down and try to tank because they're not really going to, even if they did that, they're not going to be bad enough to really get into the Victor sweepstakes. And so at that point you might as well, like it's going to take a lot of convincing for Dane to shut it down. If he's not actually hurt last year, he was actually hurt and was actually recovering from that surgery. So like, it's just going to be kind of a weird string to play out for the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll be covering it. We will. (laughs) Thanks again for doing this, Maddie. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, anytime. I'll talk to you later. Bye.